What if all you needed to get better in every way was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or even a vibration? Let's talk about how that happens, who can do it, and where to find them. I'm John Webster, and this is The Hesitant Healer. Greetings and welcome to The Hesitant Healer. I'm John Webster. I'm your host here of this podcast. This is a podcast about healing and different modalities and the people who do them. I would hope in the future to get some of my colleagues on the phone or on Zoom and and invite them in here as well. For the first couple, we're just going to talk about me, one of my favorite subjects of all time. I like to bill myself as a medical massage therapist. And on my website, and oftentimes I tell people, I am not a happy feel-good. I am a fixer healer. And I found out very early in my career, while I was in massage school, that I had a gift, I did not like to call it that, of helping people get better through a lot of different modalities. Uh, I found that people were having emotional releases while I was working on them, and I'd go back to school and uh, talk to my fellow students. Hey, anybody else have people crying on the table? And they'd look at me like I was the freak of the week. So what happened was I would start finding books that would explain what I was doing. And I would get very excited because they could scientifically explain what I was doing. And then I could verbally regurgitate the actions of the healing qualities that I was using uh, with some science-backed material. Uh, vibrational healing, uh, trauma-based therapies, yoga-based therapies, craniosacral, visceral manipulation. I had a lot of different things that I learned while I was learning to become a massage therapist and beyond. And I found that when I could find some kind of material that had backing that was explainable, people responded better to my touch than if it was quote-unquote energetic or uh, what we like to call woo-woo kind of energy. It was a lot more beneficial to have science-based modalities at my disposal while I was working on people. Uh, From massage school, I kind of just did it part-time. I was a full-time county worker. As a matter of fact, I had been a chef prior to this and I had finally ended that career as a cook in the county jail. Uh, For some of you who may hear this, the county jail doesn't sound like a big place, but the county jail I worked in had 3,200 inmates, and we were cooking 10,000 meals a day. It was a very large facility. And after a while, I got pretty burnt out, and I was looking for something different to do, and I found massage school. And I went to massage school while I was working full-time at the county. And I was very grateful to be able to take vacation time and go to different classes all over the country and in turn all over the world while I was on paid vacation doing that. A lot of you guys out there that do this kind of work have not had those benefits and it's, it's a struggle. And, and I am proud of you for doing so because when we do this work and put our businesses on hold... While we go learn more for our clients, it is not an easy financial hardship to wither through. 
So from massage school, I started going to classes and I kind of followed the breadcrumbs and I went to uh, my first visceral manipulation class. I started out as a Reiki practitioner and she in turn had a best friend who was a visceral practitioner and she in turn turned me on to Upledger Institute and cranial sacral therapy. There was another individual whose cranial sacral therapy classes I went to, and I, I just kept following the next indicated step as I started putting these tools into my toolbox of people that I was working on. In 2013, I was pretty much done working in jail. I had worked on my massage business to get out of jail, and I luckily found a transferable position within the department to get out of jail and work for a private police department uh, that was associated with the county. And I became a, a crime prevention officer, which was really cool. I got to do forensic stuff. I got to work with my hands. I got to work with the people. I was a public information officer. I was the community service officer. I got to be a liaison with the city. And I got to do crime scene stuff, which is wicked cool. And at that time, I told myself I would do both. I would continue to do massages and I would work for the county until uh, one or the other kind of tipped the scale because I equally loved them both at the time. In 2014, I accidentally found a class that was a three-week human dissection class by a wonderful professor and teacher named Gil Headley that was in San Francisco, California, and it was three weeks. And it was the kind of thing where when I saw it, uh, I had to do it. I remember looking at my wife in tears saying, I need to go to this class. I don't know why, but I need to go to this class. There were 12 cadavers. There were 50 people from all over the world. Several of them had done Gill's classes more than once. So there were some, some people who had above average knowledge of what we were doing. I was a newbie. They put four of us per cadaver. And it was a magical class where we all got along, we all networked, we all have kept in touch and grown exponentially uh, to this day. It, it was just a fantastic experience. And what I learned was when I could see the things on the inside that I'd been touching on the outside for almost 10 years at this point, my anatomical world lit up. My hands and my healing hands lit up. The way that I identified with the physical form as well as the energetic form as well as the forms of emotional processing that worked within this structure, this vessel we call the body, just lit up exponentially for me. It was amazing. And, and I knew I would be able to take this much farther than that class. Uh, like I said, I followed breadcrumbs. From that class, a friend of mine who was in that class turned me on to a place in Truth or Consequences, New Mexico, called Integrative Intentions. And that had to do with uh, multi-hands craniosacral healing on a single body. So one person would come in, four or five therapists would work on them. And most of this is cranial work and energy work. And the, the amount of healing that went on in there was unfathomable. That lit me up in a completely different way. And, and towards that end, 
I was wondering why I had to go to Truth or Consequences to do it. Why couldn't I just do it on my own? Which led to a business plan. And eventually led to starting my own company where I don't do multi-hands healing per se. Uh, but it was the, the spark that lit the fire of getting me to the point where I was able to go out on my own and eventually quit my county job and do this full time. So my actual business is Pacific Restorative Therapy and umbrella under that, I have several other companies or DBAs. One is my own company, which I work out of. We worked on that for about two to three years before we finally landed in a standalone place because I was working out of my house like a lot of massage therapists do. And I was going to people's houses like a lot of massage therapists do. By the time we finalized that business proposition, we found a place here in Redlands, California, and we started building a business practice. I went to uh, yoga teacher training and I became a yoga teacher. We put together a retreat that worked out pretty good and started networking and growing our business plan. One of the ideas that we wanted to do with the multi-hands was to get a lot of practitioners together to build a group to be able to do the idea that we originally had and everybody that had their own business was either too busy or it was too expensive to do. So one of the things I decided needed to be done was that we needed to grow our own little garden here in Redlands and we started networking a little bit and a little therapist at a time and working on meetings and networking and talking and working on each other and doing our own little healers group here in Redlands to make Redlands the, I want to make Redlands the healing capital of Southern California, if not more. But basically what we're trying to do is get a group of people in this area to, to put the energy out there to have more people come into Redlands to get this kind of work done at a variety of different levels. That's worked out quite well in the last five years. We've built a healers group. We have one uh, that meets here a couple times a month and that's going quite well. And then there have been a couple of moves since, uh, well, let's talk about the big C in the room. Not that one, COVID. Uh, when COVID hit, we uh, experienced the same problems that everybody else did. We lost the place that we were at. We moved to a different place that we were at left that place and went to a temporary place, left that temporary place and we ended up here. And that is a very short, from a very long and ugly story, let me tell you. All right, I'm going to touch on this and this will be an entirely different podcast someday. Uh, two years ago in 2021, after COVID had been going on for about a year, uh, my parents who lived local got sick. Actually, my dad got sick and he was ground zero and there were eight of us total that got sick unbeknownst to us at the time he actually had COVID, and we were all taking care of him face to face and we all got sick uh, and in a very short amount of time uh from the eight of us that got sick three of them died mom died dad died and my uncle died and then we lived through COVID for the next four or five months and trying to run the business and trying not to lose the business and then uh, I became the executor and we took over the uh, issues that come with being the executor and a property that was a hoarder property. And uh, that's pretty much that whole year while trying to do business here. Uh, 
I got better in about two months. Lisa K took six months and was a long hauler. Uh, all the other people turned out okay. Uh, at the end of that year, we got evicted from that place and ended up where we're at here. You know, for years when I was a kid, even into teenagers, it's not a thing I talked about or told anybody. It was just a gut feeling that I had. A kind of uh, the memory that I have that's most distinct is maybe about 18, 19 years old and driving down the freeway. And I, it's just a, you have those thoughts that invade every area of your brain. And the thought is, what if all you needed to get better? What if everything we need to get better is right here on this planet already? What if it's already done? What if God gave us everything we needed to get better and we just haven't found it yet? What if it was available at the touch of a hand or the sound of a voice or a vibration? There's got to be something easier than what I'm seeing in the medical world. I didn't know that 25 years later this was going to turn out to be a thing that worked, but I, I do know that it's a notion that's been in my head since I was small. And, and I do know that after all those years and finding out a lot about family history, that this is something that goes back in my family for generations. There's always been some kind of doctor or healer on both sides of my family that I didn't even know about when I was having these thoughts. So there might be something to that. But what I've found in the last 10 years, what I've found in learning about medical massage to emotional displacement to how the brain works to consciousness to all the fibers within our beings that are constantly moving is that there is a better way to heal and a lot of it can be done through touch and a lot of it can be done through therapy and a lot of it can be done through introspection meditation movement and living and loving your own life so this is what I decided to do a podcast about. And I would like to invite you all to join me on this journey while we explore how I do what I do. So let's talk about that. <laughs>